You're listening to episode 260 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Holly. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, welcome to the show. Today we are diving into the tactical. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, it's like we're, uh, we're in a wrestling ring, you and I, and we're, we're talking about the specifics. We're going to get down and dirty. Just kidding. It's going to be really straightforward what we're talking about, but I think we need, listen, if you are newer to the show, um, let me just catch you up. So I have strength trained myself on and off for years. Actually, I should do an episode on my relationship. (laughs) I think some of you might find it interesting though, but my relationship to fitness, because I decidedly took quite a bit of time off from strength training. I decidedly chose to (laughs) de-muscle to really like get myself away from fitness culture because there's a lot of diet culture in that and I needed time away. Uh, Just like a lot of people need time away from structure with their food, etc. on and on. Anyway, but I have loved strength training, really loved it for years. And then once I felt like the relationship with it, which was just, you know, pressures from other people, basically, once I understood my own intrinsic values uh, relating to working on prioritizing muscle growth and the health of my muscles, the responsiveness of my muscles, um, I've come back to it and I've been back to it for a, a little bit now. Anyway, but I recently got certified so that I could support my clients. And moving forward, when I'm working with my nutrition clients, we're also working on strength training. I just think it actually is a two-part deal. Nutrition is going to get you a long way when it comes to generally the amount of body fat that's on your body. But if you want your body to perform in a certain way, meaning you like not even just from like a aesthetic standpoint by performance, I actually mean if you want insulin levels to feel really responsive, if you want your leptin, if you want your hunger and satisfaction to feel more regulated, more kind of like normal day to day throughout the throughout the day for sleep, for stress, oh my gosh, I just kind of got to this point where I was like, I can't not be coaching on strength. It's not even not just talking about it, but like coaching on it. So um, just catching you all up if you didn't know that because I've been putting in more information around muscles and strength and what that does for metabolism and why it's important um, just to live a balanced life, why it is one of those healthy habits and why it's so important for women to stop buying into the myth that doing more cardio is going to get you what you want. Most people, when they say that they have a body composition goal, they are saying, whether they know it or not, that they want to lose body fat. I think most people know that. But they also want an increase in muscle gain. (laughs) Whether you know it or not, most people are saying that they want a body composition that um, represents vitality and energy and health and wellness. And the muscle that is underneath, underneath our layer of body fat is what portrays that. Okay? So... All that to say, on today's episode, 
I want to do a lit. It's just gonna be a short episode um, because this is for those of you who are either considering strength training or you have begun to strength train, and let's say you have some programming from someone. So programming meaning they're telling you which moves to do from a resistance training standpoint. Think of like bench press, dumbbell press, um, uh, a, a dumbbell row, right? How you're pulling or pushing something that has weight. Could be a gallon of milk, could be a dumbbell, could be a barbell, could be your body weight. Think of a push-up, right? Incline or off the floor, whatever. So many different movements that we can do that fall under the category of resistance training. Now then, that I've said that, here's the point of today's episode. When you are strength training to build your strength, if you have come from a background of either not having done this before or having primarily emphasized cardio-based movement or even cardio-based strength training movement, maybe you've done classes where you do utilize dumbbells or weighted movement, but you're being... Um, um, told to or asked to move quickly, to break a sweat, maybe, you know, whatever it is, okay? So doing cardio isn't just like only going for a run or only going for a walk or only going for a bike ride. We can do more cardio-based movements that might actually happen in a gym while we're holding weights, okay? So if you're coming from that kind of a background, or no background with strength training. This is a a question that I'm seeing come up quite a bit. So I figured I would just address it on the podcast. And hopefully you can take this tool and run with it. If you are inspired to strength train, or if you are now starting to strength train, you're getting curious about it, you can put this little bit of information in your back pocket, and it will help you when you are starting to lift weights. When someone provides you programming, and that is just the structure of what are you doing in your daily workouts, so day to day, not every single day, in your workouts throughout the week, what are the moves that you're doing, okay? And how do those change week to week? You have a program, beautiful, and then you show up and you do the program, and then you progress and you feel amazing, congratulations. However, within a program, Not only are you focused on the weights you are lifting for the movement that you are doing, also in that programming, there will be information about the rest that you should do between your sets. Usually for most programs, there's some amount of written out um, reps and sets. Let's say you're going to do, you know, three sets of five push-ups, okay? Sets and reps. That starts to become part of the lingo of when you are strength training. It's just telling you how many times you're doing it and how much you're doing every time you're doing it. You catch my drift? So just like how in music we have our musical notes and we have the rest between our notes, Even though we might not be aware when we're listening to a piece of music, we might not be aware of the rest all the time. The rest is actually what provides the ability for us to listen to music. Think about it. If there was never rest between musical notes, it would just be a cacophony. It would be noise. It would not be beautiful. It would not be melodic. I want you to think about it in that way when it comes to strength training, is that your rest between sets 
is important. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that I've had some people ask, and I'm also just noticing for people who are starting to strength train, because what's been really cool is that uh, even for people who aren't working with me, and I, I don't expect anyone to work with me unless they feel called to, I've had some people who have felt really inspired to start to strength train because of what I've been sharing about the importance of it. So they've been strength training for a couple of months. They're feeling good. I have some clients who've been now strength training for uh, probably about, gosh, six, five, six weeks now. I started them pretty immediately after I got certified. So it's just been a conversation that's been coming up in a multitude of different ways. The question has been, well, why do I have to rest so long between my sets? And the amount of rest that is prescribed between sets will vary depending on your goals, the programming goals, where you are in that cycle with the program. So the more rest there is between sets, the more recovery time there is between those sets. So depending on the programming, there might be less recovery time because that program might be trying to really push your muscles to the max. Um, or there could be less rest because perhaps you're in a newer program and it's more so about helping your nervous system get used to the movements versus really challenging your muscles, right? When you're onboarding onto a new program or you're a beginner strength trainer, a lot of what you're practicing is the movements themselves with a gentle amount of weight, even if it feels intense, gentle amount of weight so that your skeletal system, your nervous system start to understand what you're asking them to do because your muscles aren't just working by themselves, they're working in harmony with the rest of your body. So when it comes to rest times, here's the deal. A good program is not only going to give you your reps of your movements and the sets, so how many times you're doing those movements and in what order to do them and punctuated with rest periods, but also a good program is also giving you a bit of information at the top of the program with some details about how much you should be exerting yourself during that workout. And there are some different ways that people will, you know, uh, chat about that. But a common one is your rate of perceived exertion, RPE. You might see that. Some people use that, some people use other abbreviations, but RPE is fairly common. So your rate of perceived exertion, and that's on a scale of 0 to 10. So 10 meaning you are maxed out by the end of your reps. You don't have any more left in your tank. You are like going full blast. 5 out of 10, if you were to do a working set, would mean you would have another 5 sets left, or excuse me, another 5 reps left in your tank. RPE, your rate of perceived exertion, that P is important. It is your perceived exertion. So I love that scale because it is going to change with you to a certain degree as you get more comfortable with your lifts. Okay, so it's not, it's not prescriptive. It's actually part of the process is you tuning into what your body's saying and what you're noticing. So your programming could change one week, even if you're doing generally the same reps and sets of the same movements you've been practicing in your training. One week, you might be doing those to an RPE of seven. 
So maybe you have three reps left in the tank, so you're not going to full blast. And maybe during a more intense week, you're actually getting up to nine or nine and a half out of 10 where you're really pushing yourself. So you could imagine then that the amount of rest you would need is actually in relationship to the amount of work you're putting in, in your workouts during your reps and your sets. Now, when someone is coming from a background of more cardio-based work or more um, kind of, and I love fitness classes. I see people online who really like say crummy things about fitness classes. So I'm not going to talk about fitness classes in that way because I think they're wonderful. I've had so much fun in fitness classes. But in general, a fitness class, from what my own experience and what I've seen, is that they're, they're mostly just trying to get you moving. And whether the movements are weighted or not, I just think that there can be once you switch over into strength training, where it's purely like, okay, we're doing a pushing movement, we're doing a pulling movement, we're doing a hinge movement, we're doing a squat movement, we're doing a little bit of core work, and that's basically your workout, whether that's per day or in one day, whatever. Again, like there's so much fun stuff that goes into actual programming. But anyway, if you are coming to this more purely strength training, as your intentional gym time, it can feel like you're not breaking a sweat. And it can feel like the rest periods are too long. And you can feel like, well, what should I do? So while I encourage you to reach out to the person who did the programming for you um, to understand their intention behind the programming, I will just say that there, there are two takeaways that I think can be useful. Number one is understanding that just like you're going to get to know your RPE, your rate of perceived exertion, you're going to get to know that scale better the more you start to work out. You're also going to start to understand the flip side of the amount of rest time because the rest is to help you get back to the level that you were at before you did a set so that your next set, you can still push it to that rate of perceived exertion that you need to push it. Because imagine if you're speeding through your rest period, your first set of, let's say, those push-ups, your first set of those, you might be able to do them of an RPE 7, where you have three left in your tank. But if you rush rush your next rest set, you might be kind of shooting yourself in the, in the foot, where you're not actually as rested. So you can't give it that same level of effort that you did during the first set. But if you were to rest appropriately, you would rest so that you could then in that second set complete the push-ups to that RPE of seven in that given scenario. While you will break a sweat in strength training, the stronger you get, the more comfortable your nervous system gets, the more your skeletal system can handle as you grow your muscles, remember it's a full body thing going on here, as you get more comfortable with this process, you're going to find that the rest periods are going to make sense and you're going to, I don't think it's, it's I, th- I think it's unintentional initially, but you're going to understand why it's so important to respect the rest. Now, that being said, the beauty of continuing to strength train, as I've been saying the last couple of minutes, is that you're going to start to understand your RPE better, your rate of perceive, your perception, right? Your ability to perceive 
your exertion is going to get more fine-tuned and more nuanced. So then you will actually be able to leverage that ability to under your, understand your RPE and leverage it when it comes to your rest because then you will understand, okay, I'm rested now to this level where I can now push it during my next set. And that's an important skill to hone in because once you understand that, then it's going to feel way more intuitive when you see, oh my gosh, rest for 60 seconds, for 90 seconds, for two minutes, depending on whatever the workout is, the rest period is going to make way more sense and you're going to understand why it's so important to, number one, respect the rest period, but also, number two, be tuned into your body for when it is ready. Because you might find, yes, a program is telling me to rest two minutes between heavy sets, but okay, by the time I'm 90 seconds in, I truly feel like I am rested so that I can perform the next set at that RPE that is being prescribed to me or that is what is needed during this workout. You know what I mean? So the goal with the rest is not to rush through it. And it's also to understand that it it ebbs and flows with you. So if you do find that, you know, you're in a position where you are truly recovered, you're truly recovered and it's 10 seconds before two minutes are up or, you know, you need 10 more seconds after a a prescribed 30-second rest, take that. That's part of this. It's 100% part of this. And, you know, I, I can imagine some trainers hearing me say this right now and be like, well, also, but that person might not be pushing hard enough. Yeah, but that's part of understanding your RPE when you're in this for the long term is that you'll start to understand what that top 10 number really is for you. And it's very true. Most of us, we need to build a lot of confidence in the gym. So we tend to under push ourselves and sort of over push ourselves. But I will also say for me as someone who has an autoimmune condition and who works with people who have autoimmune considerations or who are maybe in a a time of life where we need a little bit of tenderness, It's also okay, I think, especially in the beginning when you're getting used to these types of movements, it's it's okay. It's okay that we don't totally know what like our max out effort amount is. We'll get to know it because I know for myself, I would rather get comfortable in the gym and build confidence in what feels like a quote unquote slow way where I really am not pushing myself too far because I'd rather have decent recovery after that workout, the day of the workout, and as well during my rest days. So I think there's a bit of yin and yang and a bit of balance um, to this conversation. So all that being said, the reason I I thought that this episode would be useful and helpful is that it is correct that the rest periods might truly feel very different than more cardio-based exercises you've done before, including you know like fitness classes, where the push is to really get your heart rate up consistently, from, even if you're moving from a movement to a movement. So even if you're doing like circuit-based training. And I say that with the utmost respect for circuit-based training or for training classes because they're trying to accomplish something different and we love them for that. But if that's been your primary experience with um, movements that do have some level of weight to them, barbell, dumbbell, something else, 
then it can leave you scratching your head, being like, but why am I not breaking a sweat with this type of movement in the way that I have before with other weighted movements? And so this is just a bit of permission to say like, it is going to be different. You do want to respect the rest. You should feel, um, again, depending on the programming, you know, a week where you're having two minutes of rest between sets, those sets are pretty darn heavy. So they should be strenuous, especially as you've gotten used to doing the movements. It should be strenuous. You should get to a point where you're like, yeah, I need the amount of time that is being prescribed to rest. And also layered on top of that, as you start to understand your own RPE, your own rate of perceived exertion, you will be able to understand, oh, okay, the rest that is being prescribed, maybe I need a little bit under in general, or maybe I need a little bit more than it in general. And the beauty of this is that you just get to know yourself and your body. So this entire episode is about the rest within the workout itself. It's not about resting the rest of the day after your workouts, nor is it about your rest days. Um, I've covered that in other episodes. This is specifically about like intra-workout. So within the workout, when you see as part of that workout, the rest periods that are being um, spoken about or that you're experiencing, it is there to support you your rest, it's it's right. You shouldn't be like, it's not going to be like a class maybe that you've taken before. And that's purposeful. And also what's fun too, is that as you get stronger, as you do have more rest days and more lifting days under your belt, you're going to notice a different type of fatigue and the normal healthy kind. Remember, working out is a stressor and it's an adaptive stressor. We stress our muscles, we stress our cardiovascular cardiovascular system so that on our rest days, our muscles repair, they grow stronger, um, our cardiovascular efficiency increases because we can overcome those stressors. Remember, we have adaptive stressors and that is exactly why we work out because we want to challenge our bodies enough so that we can recover appropriately. But what I found is that it, uh, it starts to make sense, like I was saying, the more um, times that you have done these types of workouts, kind of purely resistance training, purely strength training workouts, the more you get used to it, the more you're bumping up the weights as your nervous system and your skeletal system and your muscles all start to kind of cognize and understand what you're asking of them. It's, it's fun because some of my clients who have started strength training, they'll reach out to me and they'll be like, okay, what's up with this rest period? I needed to go through it faster. And we have the whole conversation that I just had over the last 20 minutes with you about that. And then usually after a few more workouts, you're like, oh, I'm sore. <laughs> like I did get a workout because sometimes the comments can be like, was that enough of a workout? I didn't break a sweat. And again, if you're coming into strength training, the idea is not to have you break a sweat immediately as you continue to get stronger and stronger and you can push your practice more and more. There is, there are beads of sweat that do occur with strength training, but it is different than just trying to get that heart rate really high and keep it really high. It's a different experience. So yeah, that was uh, today's tangible episode. We're in the wrestling ring of rest <laughs> and rate of perceived exertion, RPE. Um, I was trying to remember as I was sharing this episode, because I do, listen, I write out a little bit of what I say on these, but mostly they're off the cuff and I'm just sharing with you the information that I know. 
but I'll just leave this other tidbit. So RPE, as I've mentioned multiple times now, is rate of perceived exertion, and that's a scale of zero to 10. There's actually another term, um, reps in reserve, R-I-R-R-I-R, and that is basically the inverse of RPE. So reps in reserve, same idea, is that you're, you're pushing until you have X amount of reps in reserve. So same idea, if you see that, it's just kind of, you can think of it's the same scale, zero to 10, but it's just flipped and it's inverse. So you're talking about how many reps you have left, or you're talking about how much, how exerted you are, but you're still kind of talking about how many reps you have left in the tank that you are reserving. You catch my drift? So, all right, that is today's episode. Do let me know if you have any questions. I'm going to continue to bring more information about strength training because it is, it's just such a darling subject and it is so powerful. And I have waited, let me, my, my clients know, especially my, like my longer term clients, like you know, I've waited years to talk about this because I really wanted to do my own due diligence, not only with my relationship to fitness, which I'll also say that was not super dramatic. I just like had been in a gym environment for a really long time um, and just needed time away from it. <laughs> and then actually I did go back into some training and like had a trainer who it just got, he, he was a little weird. Yeah, just a little bit weird. <laughs> and I, then I needed some time away from that. Nothing, again, nothing really dramatic happened at all, but I was just like a little weirded out. Needed some time away. So uh, as, as many of you have experienced, we all have different periods of life where we have different needs. So um, it's been so fun getting certified and now just really allowing this to be a big part of the work because I will tell you, I've never met anyone who hasn't been empowered by lifting a weight and lifting heavier and heavier weights. I'm waiting for the day. I've had people who have told me, well, I don't like strength training, um, but uh, I don't like anyone who's doing it consistently. I think a lot of people don't like strength training because it actually asks you to do hard things and not that they don't want to do hard things but it can be overwhelming and it can be really stimulating to do those hard like lit like physically hard things it's literally hard it's not a mathematical equation it's not something that you can logic yourself out of you've got to be present in your body and it takes work it fucking takes work and that can be you know it can be a mountain that can be the most empowering one to go up. And for other people, it can be a mountain that they're not in a time or place to walk up. And we get to respect that too. But for those of you who are out there who are ready to walk up that mountain, I will just tell you, other people, I've never seen someone be like, oh, lifting weights didn't help me (laughs) in all areas of my life. It's just really, really, really fun. So I will leave it at that. Thank you so much for being here. As always, shoot me a little note. Let me know how you're doing, um, whether it's on social media or via email or my website. I always love to hear from you and what's going on with you. So I will see you on next week's episode. Bye. Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know it's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me, where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com, that's L-U-C-I-A-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com to connect.